Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up? Welcome in to the CHGO Bears postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Well, if that wasn't the greatest football game you've ever seen, you just don't like football. Honestly, I'd like to congratulate you. I'd like to congratulate you. I'd like to congratulate Larry. I'd like we to congratulate it. Kevin and all of you out there who made it to the end of that football game. Uh, that we, should, we should have been done a half hour ago, and we saw what we needed to see about 10 minutes in, but here we are. The Bears are 2-0 in the preseason. Bears. Braggs, you're fired up. I, I look we at you. We did it. We <laughs> did it. You know, 2-0 in the preseason, going for 20-0 and until the playoffs, brick by brick. Tevin Jenkins, Hogue, you're, you're, come on. I, first of all, I just want to point out, I tweeted out the link to the postgame show 24 minutes ago, thinking we were, like, about to go live. <laughs> and then the last, like, two and a half minutes it was a, game. It was unnecessary. Pete Carroll's calling timeouts at the end. Reminiscent of Bill's Chiefs in the playoffs last year. Just back just and forth. Two greatest games of all time. <laughs> right there. Bill's Chiefs playoff game and this preseason game. And, and oh, my goodness. We also learned we have a budding rivalry on the ping pong table, Carmen versus Hogue. So that, that was, well, uh, you talked a lot of shit in a very little amount of time, and then I went up there, and I think I was up 5-1 to one in, like, three seconds. I lost focus because I, I, was, I, <laughs> I was getting worried that the challenge was going to be overturned. But here we are, baby. All right. Bears, done. 27-11, Bears. Under hangs on. That's yeah. the key. Pete Carroll had 17 chances to hit the over tonight. His team, boy, the Seahawks are bad. Yeah, Not good. I mean, they just look, I don't know how much stock we should put in the Bears looking just better fundamentally. I think the Bears had two penalties. The Seahawks had 13, and there may have been more there in the end. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much the talent difference really is. I, I certainly think the Bears have the edge at quarterback. Um, but beyond that, it just looked like one team was a better coach football team than the other. Well, and, I mean, let's, let's seriously, let's talk about what matters here. And that to, is Justin Fields was 5 for 7. The offense moved down the field. Cole Komet, uh, that was a nice, sweet play. Uh, looked very much uh, in the comfort zone of Fields. Uh, they got points. Granted, we'd love to see it. We'd love to see the end zone. Haven't seen it, but the offensive line looked capable. 
I mean, positive direction right now for the Bears, really. I mean, you, you, you can't say that they're – I'm not saying that we're about to blow the lid off the NFC here, but they, they are – I think it's pretty clear that they're moving in the right direction. No, absolutely. I think Tevin Jenkins took a step in the right direction. You know, it's day one, basically, for him at right guard, and now he gets to build off that. That's huge for the Bears. Uh, that opening drive was 10 plays, 47 yards. It did end up at the field goal, but – same as last week, even though it didn't turn into points, there were things you liked. There was a nice tight end screen to Cole Komet yep. in there. You know, there was... He breaks a tackle. Yeah, there was another throw to, uh, to Komet that I liked. Where it was he was, the, yep, it was the Fields Komet drive. Yes. You know. Um, they, they went for it on fourth and two. Borum doesn't flinch. They get the call. A uh, little, little excitement. Let's not overlook that. So yeah. that is something that um, uh, on, on the Hoga Johns podcast this week, we talked to Nate Tice, former quarterback, and one of the things he's, that really stood out to him, and we've heard the Bears talk about this, how much cadence variance there is in the offense, like how much the quarterback has to practice that. That comes from Green Bay. How many times have we seen Aaron Rodgers draw defenses off sides, get those free plays over the years and Getsy's been working on that with fields right there on a fourth and short cadence draws right the Seahawks off free first down I mean that's that that was a small we always talk about okay let's not put too much stock in what we see in the preseason but that was a little moment that I actually thought mattered uh in this game yeah no that that first drive like we were hoping you know well they say 10 to 12 plays maybe two series you couldn't ask for a better series short of a touchdown. They almost hit it in the back of the end zone, but it would have been called back on a penalty regardless. But, no, you like what you saw from Cole Komet. Yeah, Darnell Mooney takes a tough hit. But still, I enjoy his toughness, whether it's run blocking or, you know, getting his putting his head down in there in traffic like that for a little guy. Obviously, you want to be careful. We've had small wide receivers get hurt in the past here. But at the same time, I enjoy his toughness. Uh, yes, and be smart. Please don't do it in the preseason ever again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I would also say we're, we're nitpicking here. We're one, I've got one nitpick for you, and I think – Here we go. Here you, we go. You, well, you made a great point on all of it because they're not going to show all their cards. But on a lot of you – know, on the first drive, third and four, dump off. You know, not going downfield, tr- not trying to be not the least bit creative. They don't, they don't pick up the first down. They end up kicking the field goal. But we, and we've seen that a lot, third and six, running the ball. They, so they continue to do that, which gives me visions of the Nagy offense at times, and I, and I, I, I hate to say that, uh, go backwards right now. But, so I, 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 but I do think that the, the overall hope take on is that they're not showing everything right yeah. now, and why would they? So like, that's fine. Yeah, again, another third and six run. I don't think Getsy wants to give away his third and medium plays um, in a preseason game, especially when the starters aren't even out there. You know, and there was a moment like that last week, too. That doesn't bother me at all. And for me, that's exactly where you're going with it. I don't want to see anything that reminds me of Matt Nagy. And to me, Luke Getze is starting to get a feel of play calling. Even when Fields came out, like Trevor Simeon, I feel like, has a good grasp of this offense. My only issue that was, like, very Nagy-esque was not challenging the catch. And they had more than enough time to look at it up top and get it back to Getzi's or, or to Eberflus. So, you know, I that was the biggest one. Aside from that, I like what I'm seeing from the coaching staff. That was a that was just a blatant miss. 
uh, by Eberflus, by whoever the you know they we've heard a lot about um, how much work that they've put in behind the scenes to like simulate coaching moments like you know they ha- they have somebody they're paying to like come up with this stuff so they can test them in meetings and things like that and last week they aced it with a challenge i that was unbelievable they did not challenge that it was it was obvious on the first replay it got all the way to the point where there was a delay a game then even after the delay they still right. didn't challenge it. It, it it was like they couldn't see hey dude hey fluce Isaiah Coulter's making plays out here. That that was an incredible catch. If you're not, if you, I mean, if you don't care about winning the football game, which I think you actually do, or if you don't care, if you're not focused on working on your replays uh, coordination, at least do it for this dude who's making the play. Yeah, because I saw some people making conspiracy theories like, oh well, the defense hasn't been on the field that much. No. When the play is supposed to be challenged, no, you got to get that right. You're practicing this for the regular season and how the communication comes from up top. It's an inexcusable thing that they got to clean up. Well, that's why we sent Nick out to Seattle to, to, to ask that Bust question. Bust him up in the press conference. Yeah, that's right. It. Go get him, Nick. Um, that no, we'll and we'll talk to Nick. He's out there in Seattle right now. We'll get the uh, the, the locker room report here in a little bit and find out what Maddie Refluse has said. I mean, that's a question you got to ask. Question that's got to get answered in the post game presser. Um, and I got a little beef with Isaiah Coulter, too. How many times do we see players, like, wrongly, like, hey, challenge that. It mm-hmm. happens all the time in baseball. It's like anytime there's a close play now, the he, person who's, here? like, tagging is always like, check that, check that, check that. And then half the time you see the replay, it's not even close. Like, no, you should yeah. not challenge that. But in this case, like, you just made one of the greatest catches you've probably ever made. Yeah. Why are you not immediately standing up being like, no, I caught that ref? I mean, I think we've all learned in life, Braggs, you're, you're sitting here, I'm sitting here, hoaxing you. You've got to advocate for yourself, Coulter. <laughs> yeah. Advocate for yourself. Just jump up and down. You're trying to make a football team. You're trying to establish yourself in the league. Well, I eventually caught- they cut back to him, and he was on the sideline being like, I caught that. But I'm talking about, like, right when the ref makes the incomplete call. you got to be like, no, I caught that. Yeah, and it was a hell of a play by Simeon, too, to hang in there. The ball was, like, bobbled on the snap. For him to get that off, it was a hell of a play. He, he looked like the dude that could have gone home with with the, the big catch on a Friday night in college and was just like, well, whatever, I just didn't open up my mouth, and, and then she left with that terrible guy. I mean, Coulter, <laughs> you, you could you, you, you could have had it. You were there. You did, uh, but he, he is, in, in the wide receiver derby, I mean, Daz Newsom had another up-and-down night tonight. Isaiah Coulter, I, I – He didn't I, make the play on the onside kick, though. That was right. – that, that's true, he didn't. That wasn't great. But Daz knew but, but, some muffed another punt. I, I, yeah, although his own guy ran into him on that one. Right, Tuggle. right, that's true. So that's I'm true. not – I'm willing to give Daz a little bit of a break I, I got I got Coulter above Daz right now. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, Coulter had a number of nice catches um, in this game too. So, yeah, I would agree with you on that one. People are asking about Jaquan Brisker, whether or not he's okay. We think he's okay, do we not? I don't think it's anything serious. Uh, he finished that game Saturday, then did not practice this week. And so it was not surprising to me that he did not play in this game. But, but why? I, I actually, yeah, like I actually brought up that people were asking. I'm asking. I, I need yeah, to know, that, I need to I know that Jaquan Brisker is okay. I got you, Carb. Uh, that was so much fun last week. The yeah, Brisker no, game? he looks like a monster, so let's just hope he's okay. Because aside from that, we don't need to see too much more. He was doing it all. I mean. I got a follow-up for you, though, from last week. Someone pointed out that Flu switched up the play card thing, and it's not in his front, front of his pants. No, it was there. It was there? It was, oh, yeah. Okay. No, Flus was fronting, and the white polo was sweet. You don't like the hat, but I, I thought the Flus looked very much like your, the, the happy dad who takes you to Great America and lets you go on all the rides and, uh, you know, gets you there safe and sound. He's I, very I, happy talking to Laura Rutledge. 
Oh, yeah, he had a, he, he, he's got the flu smile. Yes. And uh, at some point we need to talk about the broadcast. That's what I'm saying. Let me rough. say this because Kevin put in the chat like, Good you God. know, like like this show. If you disliked ESPN's uh, presentation of the game tonight, man, they they were they were all over the place. Like, the Justin, going on? Justin Fields is getting interviewed and he gets two lame questions and then. A 20 yard pass, and they're like, okay, we'll see you later, Justin. Well, because, like, and then she, it was a touchdown. Yeah, it, it Laura was, thought it was a touchdown. It was, but it was so weird. What does it mean to you to be able to listen to the radio calls of the game? It means that I'm standing here doing nothing, and I don't care. I don't care at all. Wait, did she ask that to, she asked to, to field too? What does it mean to you to be in the? Ra- I'm like, come on, Rutledge, you're better than that. Every quarterback who's not playing in a preseason game has the earpiece in. I, I mean, I'm 99 yeah. certain that's what. Or post game, they called Justin Fields, Josh Fields at one point. Josh Fields, White Sox legend, Josh Fields, legend. And, and who is Ryan? Poles? Build him a statue. Aaron Clark, right? My guy, Aaron Clark. <laughs> Spares media relations. Getting confused for the general manager. I don't know what the hell that was. That was unbelievable. That was that was I I could not help but laugh out loud. Now I'm gonna give Steve Levy a little bit of a break on that one because if you that was a shot from pregame of Sean Desai talking to one of the Bears media relations guys. So they obviously had that queued up in the truck as when we talk about Ryan Poles, this is the shot we're cutting to. So someone had that terribly wrong there. But then, as much as I want to give Steve Levy a break on that, he should know that's not the GM because he said five other times during the broadcast that they talked to him. Yeah, I wonder, were you looking at the monitor when you said that? or? And by the way, congratulations on, on being on – Broadcasting play-by-play of a on, on, on ESPN. Congratulations, <laughs> you've, you've done better in your career than me. Congratulations, but that was that was unbel- That was just really bizarre. Was it Desai that he was talking about, or was it Clark? Everyone thought it was Desai because he was. I a, think that's because they didn't know who. It, the, whatever it was, it was, uh, yeah, it, it was. It was. It was. It, was, it, was it ain't great. It's okay, though. Yeah. I did like the conversation going on Twitter too. Is and we can keep this going in the post game. Uh, is what was Ryan Poles listening to in the AirPods? <laughs> jamming out to music? Is he listening to the radio broadcast? Does, That's what I would always do in the press box. I put a little Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer in my ear. That's he, what I'm thinking. Learn some he, things. He, Tom and Jeff, nobody better. I mean, he just does not look happy. Did not look happy at any point when they showed him. Like, just so stiff. Like, hey, hey, Ryan, you're 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 the general manager of the Chicago Bears. Your draft picks are looking great. I, I you can you can smile. You can relax a little bit here. And then down on the field late in the game, he looked like he wanted to kill everybody with what was going on. I love Ryan Poles. I'm trying not to get ahead of my skis on this, but he just looks like a mob boss up there. He's always got the best swag. Like, he just, I just love how he carries himself. This draft class, I'm not trying to get, you know me, I always get overly excited about my guys here in the preseason. It's a, you know, a a tradition as old as time, but I just love how this rookie class looks. I love the way he's handling this offensive line. He's an offensive line, you know, you know, expert, or at least somebody that understands what's going on there, being an offensive lineman from Boston College. So I just like how they, you know, all right, James Daniels, we'll see you later. They bring in, you know, uh, you know, different guys to try to shake this up, you know, some late-round picks to see if they hit on one. Maybe Braxton Jones is a diamond in the rough. Tevin Jenkins, hey, earn your spot. And so I, I'm a big Ryan Poles guy at this point. Uh, hey. Right, I, I love that you're putting it all out there. I'm with him too. 
Poles, I got you. Not, I don't. I've never. I haven't said it quite as clearly as that. But uh, coming out when Roquan Smith had his, you know, that was good press release, and then oh, he, that was a good. He move. hits the media. Ryan Pace never talked to the media, so no. like he's he's really. I mean, we haven't gotten very far into this, but he's really winning me over early on. Can, can I nitpick one thing you just said? They're not about polls, but just the Braxton Jones part of what you just said. Can can can. Do we have to play Braxton Jones the same amount as Justin Fields? Can ple- if, if Justin Fields is not going to play in the preseason game number three, which I'm anticipating that he will, but if he doesn't, Braxton Jones better have his ass out there for at least a quarter, if not a, if not a half. I'm like en- Enough with the, this dude's already made it. I don't know, man. You, you don't want to risk a Hall of Fame left tackle like that. They <laughs> <laughs> already Gold determined this. jacket, green jacket. <laughs> Coming from 1-10 in 10 Southern Utah last year? It, it, Come on. It's right, obvious. Watch right, the tape card. Right. Hall of Fame. It wasn't, it wasn't just, on him, huh? Just give him his gold jacket. Well, I mean, if, he, if, was a, he was a... Uh, FCS All-American. Okay. Despite the uh, one victory. Listen, if I was Tevin Jenkins, I wouldn't have much to say because I, I, I'm Tevin Jenkins. But I'm, Tevin Jenkins is out there finishing plays at midfield after, you know, trying to prove himself. Braxton Jones is already is, is having a pina colada. I mean, he's been here for five seconds. Yep. Uh, it's, All it's, right. it's interesting. Let's uh, – we have uh, – we got to bring in Will DeWitt. It's past his bedtime, so we'll go to him here in a second. Uh, he's on East Coast time. Uh, first, we, we got to tell you, especially White Sox fans um, – I don't know if this is good or bad, but there's still two months left in the season for you. The playoffs are right there for the taking, right, Carm? Listen, undefeated is, is, is on the table, and until it's not on the table, we're going to keep it on the table. What and team right. are you talking about right now? <laughs> the White Sox are not undefeated. Oh. <laughs> Undefeated for the Bears. I, yes. I missed the that. Apparently it's all right. You're doing a Bears show. That's fine. I, I, uh, I was reading comments here. My bad. <laughs> What I'm, what I'm being told to read here says the White Sox still have a chance to win it oh, all, that one. which I don't necessarily agree with. But regardless, this Sunday only, August 21st, as the White Sox take on the Guardians, PointsBet and CHGO have an offer for you to guard your cash. When you sign up for PointsBet, use the code CHGO, make a $51 bet, either pregame or live, and you'll get $2,000 in risk-free bets, a CHGO yearly membership right there that's worth it on its own. And a Cy Cease sock shirt, exclusive CHGO socks script shirt, only available with this offer. And a pair of slides from the CHGO locker. All you need to do is sign up on the PointsBet app using code CHGO. The best deal in town just got better. What's up, Will? As we bring him in to the show, Will DeWitt. He's cutting Daz Newsome over a muff punt. <laughs> What's going on here? Which wasn't entirely his fault, as you've already mentioned here on this show. Uh, But it's hard writing an article, live tweeting through two accounts, and watching a Bears game all at the same time. I'm sure you guys understand, but no, life is good. 27-11, dominating victory here in the preseason. We just keep rolling. What's up, guys? Will, good to see you, brother. I I mean, let's just get right to it. Is the Bears offensive line solidified? Are we ready for week one? Is is this it? Tevin starting. Borm's maybe going to get the right tackle spot. Let's let's go. Brian Poles and company have this figured out. I will. Uh, I may give you Tevin Jenkins. I don't know about Larry Borum just yet, but I liked what I saw out of Tevin Jenkins today. Uh, not just you know his pass pro, but I thought he was you know pretty strong in the run protection as well, getting some decent ground, moving some guys and. Honestly, when I compare what I saw last week out of him and then I look at some of those plays I saw here earlier this, this evening, I just like the energy and the effort. Like he was playing to and through the whistle. That's what we saw a lot you know, going back to his college days and seeing him kind of play with that edge, that attitude, that tone setting presence. It, uh, 
I, it was exciting to see. We'll see exactly how it shakes out. He was number one on my five Bears players who stood out today, and the article is already up on CHGO. I'm not messing wow. around this evening. That's yeah, fast. I know. Told you, I was busy. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the last 30 seconds of the game took about 47 minutes. So. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. I will. No, obviously, <laughs> uh, Bayless Jones heading to the Pro oh, Bowl. Mentioned Pro Bowl returner. I mean, that, that, that had to be the story of the game for Bears fans, don't you think? I mean, yeah, he fumbled the first uh, kickoff return out the gate, but then after that, certainly showing why they drafted him. You guys are like, gassing me up. See, I know Adam said it was getting close to my bedtime here in Eastern time, but, man, you know Bayless Jones is my dude. Been talking about him for months now and how excited I am about his potential here with the Chicago Bears. And, yeah, right, he, he fumbled that opening kickoff. But, you know, nerves were kind of part of it. Butterflies, his first ever uh, professional game. And, you know, that was a good hit on the football, too, as he was kind of, like, falling forward. So I'm not going to put – you know, that one and like put a lot of weight behind it. I'm just more excited about that 48 yard punt return where he showed all that speed that we've been talking about this off season and some patience too to allow some of those blocks to happen a little bit of weaving and bobbing around the sidelines didn't have a lot of real estate but made a lot of good happen there. Bayless Jones Jr. I was hoping for a little bit more on offense here in this one, but still I think that special teams presence was felt. And if that's going to be what we're going to see this preseason, at least here in this one game, I'm still not going to complain, even though I was hoping for uh, just a little bit more on an offense. Yeah, I, you know, I keyed in on, on Tevin Jenkins a lot early on in this game. Uh, in fact, so much so that I'm probably going to have to rewatch this to really get a good evaluation on Larry Borum and everybody else. But um, I, I thought he passed the test. I had him down uh, for getting beat once on the opening drive and pass protection, and then I noticed one uh, not great run block where he ended up on, on the ground, like kind of getting twisted over on his back. Other than that, I thought he was finishing. I thought he – I for a guy who literally got put there two days ago or whatever, mm-hmm. three I, days ago on Monday. I mean, realistically, I, who's the, who are the other options even? And I, I think I, – like Michael I, Schofield, who got beat for a sack on the opening drive last week. Like a draw. Right. Who's a veteran, but like it, to me, it's way you're better off if Jenkins has earned the starting job, and then you have a veteran backup in Schofield to back to be like your backup guard. I mean, is it are we giving the Bears too much credit if we say that they strategically put Jenkins in his place, motivated him, had him lose weight, however they managed the injury thing, and then okay, here's your opportunity. Go take it and run with it. Like maybe, maybe we should be giving some credit to how the Bears have maybe I don't know perfectly handled it. Is that Will? Am I going too far here? What do you think? Perfectly handled the Bears? Are you kidding me, Carm? No, but you're right. Like it does feel like at least the stars are aligning and things have worked out maybe for the better here. So I'm not gonna say you know perfectly handled. Ideally, Tevin can motivate himself. Personally, uh, he's a professional. I, I think he should be able to do that. But if the coaching staff is pushing the right buttons, uh, I, I think that's a that's a good thing here. But guys, there are a lot of players that really stood out here. Uh, I think today, and I know Adam wants me to gush over Trenton Gill, don't you? Yeah, I, I absolutely. I do. I need another full breakdown from you know video breakdown of the punter this week <laughs> and the long snapper. Okay, I'm putting you giving you some homework on that. Real quick though, on Tevin Jenkins. Before we move on, I do take. I do have a problem with you saying they handled it perfectly. No, I, because 
as much motivation as he might have needed, I thought it was completely unfair for them to put him in a situation for about a week where he's dealing with trade rumors, okay. getting called soft on social media, and all that stuff. Like I, th- they could have still provided some clarity to this to that situation. Like we had to pull it out of Luke Getzey that the guy was still in the building in meetings. We needed the offensive coordinator to say that. You know what I mean? Like. I understand there was probably some motivational tactics involved there, but I still don't think that that was completely fair to the player. Might not have been perfectly fair, but maybe, and maybe I am just rose colored 27, (laughs) 11, two and oh, in the preseason bears glasses over here. But um, the, the end result of what's going on right now, it almost feels like they had to get in the mud with him and be like, look, dude, I don't care the fact that this bozo who used to be here traded up for 13 slots for you. Well, that part's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is what's real right now. And this is what we need out of you. And by the way, if you do this, there is actually a pathway for you to contribute this year. I mean, maybe they were thinking that way. My my only thing is, look, I I agree with you on, like, the tactics of moving him back to the second team, right, like they did in OTAs. Like, dude, Braxton Jones is the better player. Right. You, you, like, that's good motivational tactics. Okay, well, now we're going to move over to right tackle. Fine. But I'm about 99% based on some things that I was told and what he's told specifically to our guy, Nicholas Moriano, in the postgame locker room on Saturday that his back just flared up. Okay. Yeah. And I also understand some sensitivity with that, that they don't want to probably come out there and say that. But, like, you could just say he was dinged up. He's in the building. He's in meetings. We're going to get him back out there when we can you don't ignore the situation when the guy when their NFL Network reported the Bears were taking trade calls on the guy. I, listen, I it is you want to say that it's blind luck and that's what happened here, and all of a sudden they just just he just fell into him being a right guard. I, I could hear that side too. I, but you, however it's however it's happened, it's looks it looks like this is for, for the team. This is the best thing that could have happened. Well, it it will be the best thing if Braxton Jones. Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum all legitimately win starting jobs. 100%. It just feels, my impression is it's made the best man win. And that is a great tone to set, especially on the offensive line, because that's how you build toughness, something we haven't seen with this team in years. Well, and that's also something that Flew said. Like, a lot of coaching staffs, they anoint guys. I'm not going to anoint anyone around here. He, I mean, I thought that was an interesting little underline that he did. We're not going to do that. I just got here. We're... No, we good. suck, in essence, or we're, you know, we're not anywhere close to winning a Super Bowl. I'm going to figure out who's the best player I mean, here. Crack a smile during the game, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's all business. This team's dominating, man. I mean, can we get a smile? Uh, uh, Will, I see you actually. What do you got? Will's got a smile. Well, I don't know. I like that you mentioned like the fact that he won't anoint anybody like a certain status on this team. But also the other quote that I remember from him that I just appreciate is like they won't put ceilings on any, any one of these players. Like, you know, they won't say what a player can be. They will allow that player to just grow and blossom to any kind of player, any type of player and the caliber of player that they can. And I think having both sides of that spectrum just shows like I think how in tune Coach Iberflus is with like the human side of what these players are and who they can be. And it, I think, again, like he's just handling things very well, at least from that humanistic standpoint, how he approaches coaching this team. And that's why we see them playing as hard as we did here today in the preseason for the second straight week in a row. They're outplaying the, their opponent with their intensity, their hustle. And I just really appreciate watching it. That, that, Adams are making this point like that they're like, 
they're going to win games because they're 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 going to out. This, this is a first year head coach impact on the team, right? Yeah. And and you, to uh, your point, well, like the the relationship piece, Flus talks about that all the time too. You when when you have a new coach come in, it's you could see this across the league. It does not mean you're going to have sustained su- success with the coach. We learned that in the Matt Nagy era. Right. Like you can pass year, but what I what I what I try to tell people is usually in year one, it goes one way or the other. You either get the buy-in, and at least for one year it works. It doesn't again does not mean sustained success. But like the Bears had that with Nagy. Nagy did win the buy-in year 100%. one, and it resulted in a good year. Um, I, I, but one thing on the other quick, hand, though, on the other hand, you ahead, also Adam. have like Jim Tom Sula teams. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like or that, like it also can go the other way. Uh, where you don't get the buy-in, or I mean, even Mark Tressman would be an example. He had no buy-in from the defense. Did Singletary take yeah. his pants off in the first year? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say, Will? Yeah, I was just gonna mention. I think the difference of Flus and Matt Nagy, though, is the buy-in that we saw under Nagy it was like he was like trying to be everyone's best friend, and then when things got soured, it's easy to turn or just kind of get you know that just doesn't feel the same and hit the same note when things aren't going as well. Whereas Eberflus, I think is more of that, you know, respectable father figure that people look up to in the building. Whereas Nagy was just trying to be like every player's you know, bestie out there. And that's not going to always work when things aren't going well. Thank you for saying that. It was so exhausting when they would fly, when they got to five and one in his, what was it? His second year or his third year? I think it was second year. And I think they're three and one in 19. One year they, st- they started Are you talking about under Nagy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was. They were. They had a flight coming back, and he started talking about his the flight. It was. It was such a great flight. I mean, some guys were eating, and some guys were sleeping, <laughs> and and some dudes were. T- some dudes were talking, and, and 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 people got in their playbooks, and it it was just awesome. And I'm I'm listening to this. I'm like, did you just say that? Because 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 Bill Belichick or any coach who has worth anything would never say anything that what you just said. And you sound like you should be coaching a, a high school team. And this is not like this is not gonna work. You're, you're, and then they started losing every single game after that, which had nothing to do with what he said, but it just underlined like, you're you're not you're not you you, you want to be like you want to be liked. You don't you're 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 not focusing on being respected, and that's a problem. Speaking of Nagy, will you know um, you know because I want I can't wait to never speak of this man again, but at the <laughs> same time, it holds a lot of relevance to this year, especially when I see the fullback being implemented in this offense, and then you see it on the goal line. They run it, you know, eye formation. I guess we came here to run the eye uh, from here on forward. And uh, play action, fullback gets the touchdown. You know, how refreshing is it for you to see the fullback being implemented? I know Blazing game um, got hurt at some point during the game, so I haven't really heard the extent to that yet. But how refreshing is it for you to see the fullback being involved in this offense? Greg, you know me. I actually add uh, him as my featured image of the post because I wanted to make sure to highlight some fullback love here. It's nice. Uh, You know, obviously seeing them be an extension of the passing game is just icing on the cake. But being that lead blocker, that physical tone setting presence, it's it's something we've talked a lot about in the podcast over the offseason. And I think we're on board with it. And I know it's kind of like a dying position, but what's old will become new again in the NFL. And, you know, if the Bears can be slightly ahead of the curve and I'll see there he is. (laughs) <laughs> then we'll be in uh, the good shape here. But real quickly, guys, I know you want to bring on Nick and everything here throughout this episode. I just wanted to mention a couple of players that you already 
did hit on and then a few others too. So like Isaiah Coulter today, I thought really had a good game. I know the one catch that he had that didn't count was really kind of grinding all of your gears. It did mine too. Uh, hopefully Nick can give us some insight on that later on. I know I'll be keeping my ears kind of perked for that uh, just because when I saw that catch happen, and I'm going to say catch because it sure as hell looked like a catch happen. I saw Matt Eberflus reach for his back pocket, just like he did last week, going for that challenge flag. Someone must have told him no. I don't know who that yeah. was and how that process worked out, but he saw it with his own eyes, and I think he thought that was a catch and wanted to challenge it, but someone kind of talked him off the ledge. But, but with it being preseason, I still don't understand why. You just don't do it anyway. Even if you're like 50-50 or 40-60, just go through it. Why not? But overall, I thought he had a pretty good day uh, being Coulter there for someone that stepped up in practice last week but didn't really have a good game against the Chiefs. For him to actually find success, I think, in this game, to me, again, was like a good thing to see him kind of still fight for a roster spot. Don't know exactly where his odds are right now. Carmi said he's over Daz. I agree with that assessment. But the fact that he was able to show out in a game, uh, I thought was good here. And then I wanted to mention Demarcus Gates, uh, you know, that USFL standout. He led the team today with uh, two tackles for a loss. So that's two back-to-back strong games for him. Jack Sanborn had seven tackles. Elijah Hicks, who had that touchdown, by the way. Good job, Elijah, on special teams. If he wants to make the roster, that's his best path for best path forward right now. He also had five tackles. And Bo Pete Keys, I saw a couple comments in the chat about him. He had seven tackles today, and I know he was picked on a little bit. His coverage hit or miss, but I thought overall still decent for if you're looking for like a backup at the cornerback position, and that tied for the team high as well. And then lastly, Trenton Gill. Eight punts, four of them downed inside the 20 yet again, and obviously he was also pretty effective on some kickoffs. A lot of good you know movement on those as well, and I just wanted to at least give him a shout-out I know Adam's going to wait for the, the next punting breakdown video on my Twitter. Hell yeah, I am. Very special teams. Hey, that was, <laughs> by the way, that was not a touchdown. I have no idea why that, I mean, it gets automatically reviewed. He was clearly down at like the half yard line. Right. But we'll One take it. It's a touchdown. I, mean, it I wanted the offensive oh. touchdown though, Will. You know, right. we, I don't know. I need the bare special teams touchdown. <laughs> bare special like teams it. was great until it wasn't at the end. But yeah, he got a little out of hand there at the end of the game. Uh, I get it out of hand because Coulter dropped the, the onside kick. I see what you did there, Adam. You know, crickets, Will, as crickets, far as the, crickets. <laughs> Will, as far as the defense is concerned, you know, I, I saw some of your players uh, in your honorable, honorable mentions. Muhammad is flashing to me, mm-hmm. but – you know, outside of that, it was, is there any other players that really stood out to you? You know, you mentioned the intensity and the hustle that you're seeing these first two weeks. But, like, tonight, it, I was telling Adams, like, for a shutout that they almost pitched, it, it felt like there wasn't too many standout defensive plays because Seattle was just so miserable. But, you know, it, with Mohammed, were there any other guys to you that stood out to you? You know, Greg, I'm not going to complain about Seattle's offense being miserable. You know, I'm – old enough to remember that Jimmy Clausen Seattle game where the Bears could not buy a first down. So seeing the other way tonight, you know, not to nearly that same exact extent, but it was still very nice to see. Uh, But I I mentioned DeMarcus Gates as as someone too. And Jack Sanborn, I I know I'm going to steal, you know, Adam Sunder here, but finishing with seven tackles yet again. And it was interesting. The very first play when he was on defense and injected, like he made a nice pop uh, on a ball carrier, like right up the middle and like a nice thud. I was like, oh, Jack's in the game. Let's go. And kind of got me excited there. For, so for him to make his presence felt 
immediately after his you know, tremendous preseason debut a week ago against the Chiefs. Uh, that was another player that definitely stood out here for me uh, today. But you said it pretty well there, Greg. Like There weren't many big plays to be had by this defense. They were just very solid, and I thought it was just more of like a team effort more than this individual standing out. And, you know, for a Bears team that may not have, you know, all the talent in the world, especially without Roquan right now, like you do need that group effort, and that still is on display, and you have to give, you know, a testament to the coaching staff for them as well uh, on a short week, having these guys ready to go. All right, Will, uh, appreciate you jumping on your whole list of players. Lengthy list from this preseason game. It's all at allchgo.com. Good stuff, Will. Of course it's lengthy. Bears, 27-11, yeah. 2-0. Oh, let's go. Within Bears. like five minutes of game ending. That's, uh, that's outstanding. All right, Will. Uh, follow him on Twitter, at Will DeWitt. The L's are ones. Go get your rest, my friend. It's Technically, it's past your bedtime, not mine, but we can talk about that another day. <laughs> oh, wow. That's probably Ooh. true. Is it past 11? It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. It's sad that I know your bedtime, but I'm going to leave on that note. Yeah, that's a little creepy, actually. Uh, it, Carmen and I once did a Cubs post game show after they won the World Series to like 5 a.m. So that and these two games, I think, are on the same that, carry about the same way, right? I mean, when you consider where the Bears are going and that they're going to win the Super Bowl in the next, I don't know if if not uh, in the next two years, then definitely three. Yeah, this is right there with the Cubs winning the World Series in 2016. Hey, did do you know? Braggs, have you looked at the box score here? Because I'm, I'm looking at it right now. You want to take a guess as to who led the Bears in tackles? There was three with seven. Have you looked at it? Uh, I already know one's that, Jack Sanborn. Wait, repeat the question. Who led the Bears in tackles? There were three tied with seven. I, wouldn't, I would not have gotten this in a million three years. Three tied with seven. Yeah. Well, he gave us one. That was Sanborn. Yep. Uh, I, give you no, I give you a 0.0% chance. Oh, well, now we got to dig deep. Yeah. yeah. No, you got. Yeah, you do. You do. I'll give you uh, that. That's a. I'm. I'm. Even with that hint, I give you a zero point zero. Was Gates one of them? Nope. Okay. He was, but he was. Uh, he had five, along with Elijah Hicks, who I thought had a good night tonight. That's what I was gonna guess. Was your Neither, boy Hicks? No. Nope. You were setting it up because you one, called him. One of these guys had two passes deflected, and I thought in general was did not look good at all. <laughs> <laughs> but he's on here. Was one I, also, Lamar Jackson? Mo, most and most. Most Bears fans have not heard of him. Okay, just give it to us. Bo Pete Keys. Okay. Bo Pete. Bo Pete had seven. And then the other one, uh, most Bears fans have not heard of either, out of South Carolina State. 31 years old. Been around a minute. That would be Joe Thomas. Oh, well, he was actually playing early. Yeah, yeah but okay. Yeah. But He's that's a solid that, player. That, that's, who led, uh, yeah. that's who led the Bears in tackle set, which for, it means nothing, but it's just kind of interesting to look at uh, the reality of – how much meaningless was in this game tonight. Okay, well, let's talk about what does matter. Yeah. Because I do have a few things as we weed through all that crap that doesn't matter. Um, the Bears have a punt returner. Yes. Bayless Jones Jr. I think they have a kick returner, too. I think he can do both. Um, I'm actually going to forgive him for the fumble at the beginning of the game. He, I, I've been telling you, he runs like Cordero Patterson on those kick returns. He's going to run hard. He's going to try to run through you. He's not Devin Hester trying to go around you. He's going to try to run through you. That's the first time he's ever taken NFL contact in a game. Okay? He gets a pass, one-time pass. That is it. If he does it in a game or does it anymore, then it becomes a problem. But he tried to run through a guy, and that guy was not playing college football. He was playing in the NFL, and the ball came out. So not good. But it was still a decent return. And then, obviously, the 48-yard punt return, that was legit. 
It was. He does. I, I loved what we saw from Bayless. I, I love the fact that he's returning pun, uh, punts. I love the fact that he's, he's on kickoff return. I love the fact that he caught a, a ball. Uh, everything that we've heard about Bayless we saw tonight. However, here's my nitpick. When he catches the punt, he takes, like, there's that one second where he sort of looks around and then he goes. And I'm wondering, like, if you're really elite at that position, aren't you just boom? You're just, you, you sort is it? I would argue as the Devin Hester expert in this group here. All right. I, I watch every footstep that man ever Whoa. took in a Chicago Bears Whoa. uniform. <laughs> but that was something he was great about was that first second hesitation where it kind of sucks the return game in. Mm. And that creates and more goes, holes instead of just going out. You, you know, you got like. Adam said it's a much different uh, strategy than kickoff returns. You got to kind of let it come to you, and that, like, opens up the holes that you can see through, in my opinion, if the game can slow down for you if you're that good at the return game. It honestly also depends on scheme, too. Um, Like, there are some – like, if you're – this is getting way into the weeds, but if you're running, like, a wall return, you have to – as soon as you catch the ball – Get to the sideline, okay? And, they, and any dancing like that, you wouldn't want. But de- de- depending on who you are and what type of return it is, they, they're probably fine with him doing what you said, which is kind of like set him up make sure you catch the ball second. and then try to set up an early miss and then find your hole. There is nothing better in my life that's ever happened <laughs> than you becoming a special teams coach and being able to talk to this level on this stuff. That's so good. It's so it's so unbelievably enjoyable. And maybe maybe I just need to deal with my own anxiety of him just standing there for that half a second and, 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 and looking around. I think he's going to get cracked. But you got to be super fast to do it that way, which obviously Devin was, and, and, and Bayless has got some speed. But to your point at the start of this, very good night for Valus. I mean, I think that was a question that had to be answered, and it was answered. So I think that was something that mattered. Uh, another thing that mattered, I don't know that it's a lock, but we, we did mention this earlier. Tevin Jenkins looking the part at right guard. Wasn't perfect. Had a couple plays that probably get graded negatively, but it was he looked comfortable. The way he was finishing at the second level, which is something Cody Whitehair's talked a lot about, um, in preseason so far, I think it was a good first step. Certainly, he's earned the opportunity to me to be back out there. I would even put out – I think they were being careful with Schofield this week and knew he wasn't going to play. I don't know, man. I'd give Tevin Jenkins a shot this week to run with the ones in practice. A thousand percent. Yep. You have more – You have to. Yeah. Schofield's you, not cutting it. Right. Where are you going with Schofield? Let's go. I, I think this is the – and I think he earned that. So – that was another thing that mattered. And then the other thing is more like big picture with the offense. But regardless of the results, and I've been hinting on this on our shows after practice, early on in camp I talked about this. I just think Lou Getze knows what he's doing. We've seen a lot of offenses that don't make sense here in Chicago. This one makes sense. They're playing to Justin Fields' strengths. They're getting him out on boots. They're running a tight end Screen. They're throwing touchdowns to a fullback. I love it. I, I the the whole Cole Komet development and that he's he's open, he's in space. You're you give you're making an easy throw for Justin Fields to your point out of the pocket. It looks good. It it does. Yep. Let's go. I'm like okay. It looks like it should look. This is a normal offense. Like they, they did tonight. They they barely used Mooney was which was nice. I mean we had the one play where I thought he was 
going to end up in the hospital. But other than that, it was, you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't run him into the ground. And, and the, the Komet thing and him being as in – I just loved hearing him. I don't know why I loved it so much, but I loved hearing him yell on the field and, be, and just showing that level of enthusiasm. Yes, yep. buddy. Yes, buddy. Let's go. You, we, you, we've heard that you're going to be a player here. We haven't seen it, and now we're starting to see it. I mean, that would be a huge development. Yeah, when he screamed like that, you could almost feel like – he knows it's coming too. Yep. Because of what they've been working on, I've been to a few practices and they've made they've connected on some big plays at camp. Now it translates to a preseason game. Now it's got to translate into the regular season, which we haven't seen yet. This is a big prove it year for Komet. He knows it. Huge. You could tell by his emotions after that catch. So you know, I I think that we are going to see a big improvement from him this year. But they got to get it done. We can talk about it all day. It's got to get done week one and on. Um, there's a comment here from Woody55 that I want to mention. He says, I think this coaching staff is more likely to reward Jenkins, allow him to earn that spot like he's working towards something that was completely absent last year. That's a decent point. Like, we saw guys flash last year and then just, like, like Thomas Graham Jr. was one of those right. guys. Yeah. Like, he has a good game, and then you just, like, don't see him the next game. Right. It, it, it took it, a month for him to get back David out there. David Montgomery have a big run. They'd take him off it the take, field. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's – so I, I think that's a, a fair point. Um, so, all right. Those were three things I had that matter. I think on the negatives, um, don't want to make too much, too much of a big deal about not challenging that play, but that was – I'm still kind of hoping to get it. I was looking for updates on Twitter. I haven't seen what Eberflus said. We'll get Nick on here in a little bit, but there's got to be an answer for that. And then – Kyler Gordon's debut, a little shaky, to be honest with you. Yeah. wasn't quite the impact we thought. We did see a peanut punch in there, even though I don't think it connected. It was good to see. Uh, he did have a missed tackle in there, and uh, on a play that got called back because of illegal hands in the face, he on, got straight up beat on, on a third slam down. on third down. So that's a that's a something on film that will still get graded by the coaches, even though in the score book it goes down as no play. He he did get beat on that play, but he was right there for the tackle, so it didn't. Com- I didn't like completely. I didn't. I was like, okay, at least you're at least you're in. You're on my screen. You're not. You're not. You're not chasing huge. And we saw him in the backfield. Could have had a sack. I, we saw yep. the speed. It wasn't perfect, but I. And, but they, and they also had him out there a lot. Right. So if. I wouldn't think they would put him in harm's way and leave him on the field if he was really battling whatever injury that they have not told us what he's dealing with. So that is actually a sign that that, that Gordon is healthy, which we obviously need. So yep. The I, three plays for me that stood out for Kyler were was the blitz where he showed off that speed, the peanut punch that almost was. There was a fumble that occurred on that scrum. They got the ball back. Not sure if the peanut punch was actually what caused it, but I just like seeing the attempt. I know Tillman did talk and work with those guys for a minute here earlier this offseason. And then another play that might have gone unnoticed, at one point there was a catch over the middle of the field, and he came off his man and put a helmet on the ball. It didn't cause a fumble or anything, but I just appreciate how he didn't take for granted that the other defender was going to make the tackle. He came over to help and put his helmet on the ball. These are some of the signs you're seeing from this Eberflus defense where there's a – you know, an emphasis on trying to get turnovers. All right. Um, hopefully we get Nick soon. Once he's back up uh, from the locker room, we will do that, get some answers. I want to go over our prop bets, though, that we did in pregame. Okay. And uh, make sure if you miss pregame, 
all regular season long. We are going to have pregame shows, postgame shows for you. So don't uh, forget about that. But we, we had to make up our own prop bets because they're, they don't really do prop bets for the uh, regular season. I'm sorry, for the preseason. Um, we had Justin Fields completions set at two and a half. Hit the over on that one. Boom. Hit the over on that victory, one. I victory. I went under. You were, you were, you were I one went loser under. on that. You, so, had, you had two for four, two negative for Negative media. Yeah, <laughs> classic me. Uh, Tristan Ebner rushing yards. We had it at 49 and a half. You had it at 49 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I did set the line. I did take the over. Uh, that one did not come through. He, suffer, he suffered an ankle injury, unfortunately. In but he game. did look good before that. Yeah. Well, I, I did, you know. He looked okay. Another yeah, there weren't a lot of holes open there. He looked great. <laughs> he looked great. Okay, fine. Okay, he looked great. He, he was amazing. He had uh, he had twenty nine yards on nine carries. He was fine. Hey, it's he was fine. That's let's not go crazy. That's what is that average? Great. I'm, I'm not a math guy. Uh, that is three point two yards per carry, which is not great. It's a couple fine. of those runs. It's, it was fine. It's fine. All right, uh, <laughs> but he did not go over I'll the forty nine and a half. David Montgomery, let's let's get you back out there whenever you're ready, buddy. Tevin <laughs> Jenkins penalties. You guys both went uh, over on this. I went under. I tried to give the guys some credit. Good work. No penalties. Good work. Blew it. I feel bad. Not bad. Yep. Sorry, Tevin. <laughs> now who's the negative media? Yeah. I know. I, yeah, it's rubbing off. I know at least he's gonna be mad at me for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dark side. <laughs> We're, we're rubbing on, off on you too much. I guess. Good, good work, Tevin. Congrats, buddy. Yeah, that's great. Uh, this was an interesting one. We had Kyler Gordon touching a live football. We set it at one and a half. I won that one. I said zero. Yeah, he didn't. I don't think he did get a touch on a live football. Yeah, and you were counting Lawrence the peanut punch. Just, yeah, just count if he touched anything. We should have. But then the peanut punch might have came into play. But that would still be under one and a half. Yeah. So that one didn't go. And then Valus Jones catches. We set it at two and a half. Um, and that was under, right? I don't. Yeah, it was under. He had one. I, I, one, I, yeah. I was. I felt bad that I was being negative on the other, so I took the over in 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 sheer hope, and yeah, it didn't happen. And they had the one where I don't know if you'd define it as a drop for Valus, but that a uh, little eight yard out with Simeon in there other opportunity to get his hand on a ball shout out trevor simeon by the way this i i yeah. hope we never see him at all in the regular season but he's he's had a good preseason come on northwestern fan he seventh round cat let's go hey he's got he looks better than peterman peterman i i, I think peterman's in pretty solid don't. Peterman. he's been a solid peter. come on nope. don't he hasn't been a solid peterman nope a solid <laughs> peterman he hasn't thrown a pick six that's good well, right simeon has a nice that's beat a good point. on the offense i the last two games. Hold on a second. Peterman, to, Peterman what was, Pe was terrible not, tonight. He was no, he was not <laughs> terrible. He most definitely was not terrible. Nathan Peterman completed fifty-seven percent of his passes. That's good for Peterman. Third string. <laughs> That's he needs not to be good. Dicing up the third string. He had a passer rating of seventy-five. I'm I'm good with Peterman coming in at seventy-five. I got no problem with Peterman. I'm in Pe <laughs> Peterman. <laughs> Justin Lee, don't do this, man. Peter, we don't need to do this. I'm not trying to. The, 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 Peterman at practice, I've never seen anybody worse than Peterman. Like, you have the squares that you got to hit. He's like. You obviously haven't covered Bears practices from oh, like 2011 to. 
It's no. bad. His his <laughs> balls are like just wounded ducks that are nowhere close. I'm like, that's the best guy you could get. This is it. Peter, but like in the it's game, bad guy, and this no. Tyler Bray. Yeah, um, but like in the game, I'm like, yeah, Peterman. You're you, there. You know, who there, was the guy they had on the roster earlier this offseason? Uh, was it something am, Griffin Ryan somebody? No, I'm trying to. I know I'm confusing Ryan Griffin. Yeah, that there was like, like tight end. Um, there was a, there was he was like basically the only quarterback they had in rookie minicamp this year, and they caught him like the day rookie minicamp was over. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. Like that was bad. Yeah, thanks for coming out. I'll give Nathan Peterman more credit than that. I mean, Peterman. Look, I don't know M A N on your name. I got an M A N. Maybe more distantly related to, to the to the point in the chat, Gilbert. I listen. I, I got Peterman back as our <laughs> Gilbert third. says this car related to Peterman. I Ryan, might be, I, Ryan Willis was the quarterback. I think Ryan Willis. Thank you. Okay. Oh my. I uh, listen. I, I mean, last year at rookie minicamp we had we had Justin Fields. This year it was Ryan Willis. I'm just saying, in the history of, <laughs> of third string Bears quarterbacks, Peterman might be my all time favorite. And and I I didn't even want Peterman around, but I have fallen in love with Peterman. How about how about the the missed snap? Peterman picked it up and then all somehow got back to you know he, he was able to throw an incomplete pass. Peterman. It was a solid <laughs> moment for Peterman. Bang the drum. <laughs> that was one of the uh, best incomplete passes in Bears preseason third string game that never ends Thursday well, night history. I'm glad you like Peterman because get ready for some Nathan Peterman next week. Yeah. They better. This is th- this preseason game was made for you. All right, let's let's have a real conversation about that. Do we not think that Fields is going to play? I mean I think they I, the, the offensive coordinator said three days ago that the quarterback needs to play. He needs game reps. He, he better be playing in game three here. I'm so, uh, I kind of I have to say though, as limited as it's been, at least as much as tonight, I like what I've seen so far. Like I I feel like I've seen enough that like you feel good about him operating the offense, which is really all that matters right now in the preseason. Yeah, I think that uh, they're going to be able to move the chains. And I think it'll be a more palatable offense as long as the offensive line can hold up and stay healthy and build some chemistry. But, I mean, as we even saw tonight, red zone is still going to be a, a work in progress. And so to not get any or very many red zone reps with these guys and then go into week one against San Francisco, and in my opinion, a huge game for them to just get off to the right track before they go to Green Bay and an early season schedule that I feel has winnable games on it without knowing exactly what this team is going to do. You know, it frustrates me because I said going into the camp, that was my number one thing I wanted to see from Eberflus because I got so sick and tired of Matt Nagy coddling these guys at camp and in preseason outside of that first year. And he certainly has set the tone, but then the preseason, he's dialed it back. And I get we're getting to a point where preseason's going to be obsolete. We're going to go down to two games eventually, and then there will be no games in 20 years. But I'm that old school guy that feels like preseason is valuable to be ready when the bullets start flying. Briggs, what about this for non-coddle? You, hey, 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 Justin in the first team offense, you're going to play against the Browns until you get the ball in the damn end zone. Once you get the ball in the end zone, <laughs> if it's the first drive, you, I'll take you off the field. But until we see you score a touchdown, we're not good. What do you think of that? Is that a total meathead comment? Yes, it is. Yes. But at the same time, like I, it, it would be nice if you see him score. Look, 
the, the other part of this, too, that I brought up in pregame that matters to me, didn't you say it's 24 days from now until the opener? That would right. be correct. Okay, so if in, if he doesn't play from now until the opener, that's three and a half weeks. Correct. That's good math. I. That's too long for me. Correct. For, I mean, if we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, like Tom Brady's not even in camp right now. He's, he can show up week one and be just fine. Okay. It, if, if, if the OC said three days ago the quarterback needs game reps, you're 24 days away from the next game? I don't like that. And, and, and so, and here's, I think this is honestly, this is, a, this is a test for me with this coaching staff. And I, I have this weird feeling that Iberflus isn't going to tip his hand all week, and then he's going to get to the point would be that Thursday press conference coming up. Next week, so a week from today, right? Two days before the game, and I think he's going to go. Yeah, we're not going to play the starters. I agree. I think, like, I have this weird feeling that that's how it's going to play out. Ah, we had a good week of practice. We feel comfortable with this, and I hope I'm wrong about that. And I think because we were the first game this this week, I think the games the rest of this weekend that you see, I think you're going to see the starters playing more for these other teams, which is only going to irritate me even more, even though. Fields, I thought, had a nice showing, regardless of not getting in the end zone. But, yeah, it, at least one series would be nice. But, you know, it's let, all up to Eberflus. Let, let, let's just remind uh, Coach Flus and his white polo and our, and our guy. Look, Braxton Jones is not ready to start game one. He, he, he's, he's, he can use – they're going up against the San Francisco 49ers. They, they, they're going to – that is going to be the challenge of all challenges. Give let give them a chance. How about this? How about this? How much? I I have no idea what the hell the Browns' plans are right now. They play Sunday. I know, so they're in a little bit of a different uh, boat. I know they said they're not going to play Deshaun Watson anymore after the suspension today, but later Deshaun. I I do think that that should matter if the if the Browns play their starters. Remember. Right. We don't need to bring up the Cleveland game from last year. We don't. But, I mean, that kind of matters, right? If you want to see if you want to see what Justin Fields can do in Cleveland against those pass rushers that created all those problems last year. What to are the your, Niners doing? Are the Niners going to play their guys? Yeah. My well, guess is the Browns aren't playing those guys next week. Look, if they do, though, I think those reps matter. I mean, I, I'm gonna have to put on my flu hat right now. We can't, we can't worry about what other people are doing. We're just gonna have to worry about what the orange and blue are doing. And and and, and right now, what Peterman's uh, doing. Uh, what what we and, and I've seen enough of Peterman to know that I'm good with Peterman. Now, what I haven't seen enough of is the is the Bears' first team looking like they're ready to actually start the season. So you know, you don't want to get them hurt in a preseason game. I get it, but you also don't want to put them out there on week one and get them cr- cracked in half either. So. There's got to be a balance here in in he, in letting them settle into what they're going to be doing when when the when the full lights really come on. I think they need to play uh, at least at, at, at least a quarter in in my mind. And you've got a ton of time uh, from the 27th to the 11th. It's a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, you know, come on. Um, all right, let's get to some questions now. Let's sneak those in. We're still waiting on Nick to get back from the press conference. Better be so we one hell of a locker room report. Oh, I know, right? Well, Jesus, it's <laughs> not his Nick's fault. He's him doing hell. the work. He's I understand. The, he's giving him hell. I, I'm glad. I'm glad it's questions. still open. Hey. A lot of times these late night flights home, they like twenty minutes goes up. Oh, sorry, locker room's closed. 
Go, hey, listen, I'm fired up. I'll talk. We'll talk for another two hours waiting for yeah. Nick to come back and do this thing. <laughs> uh, super chat here from um, a lot of letters. It's uh, Elise. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> vibing with the, the dogs. <laughs> a lot <Yeah>. of letters. <laughs> she did sign in Elise. Thank you. I didn't read to the end. I apologize, Elise. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, Riley Reef is going to be the right tackle. They aren't going to play in preseason. That's all. Hey, Greg. Yeah, she's a friend. Okay. Elise, a diehard Bears fan. Will not nice. take no guff if you try to. What know, do you guys think about that? I, d- I don't want that to happen. I, she, you think they're just saving Reef because he's the obvious starter? I'm going to counter that with I think at this point we realize Braxton Jones is probably the obvious starter. Now he's a rookie. Okay, so f- what about a veteran cop? How about Cody Whitehair? He's still he did, playing. Right? He's still left guard, obvious left guard. What about on the right side for Riley, though? Well, that's what she what she's saying is he's the he's the starting right tackle. That's why they're not even playing him. I think he's dealing with something. I think they're trying to open the door to Larry Borum. I think the door is still open for Larry Borum. Listen, uh, I got I like Riley Reef, University of Iowa coming in here, been around and uh, gives honest answers when he's asked questions. You're this is a young football team. You're, we're trying to the Bears are trying to build something. Larry Borum was one of your best offensive linemen last year. I, I want to see him on the field. And right tackle, to me, is his, his best position. So let him play right tackle. And isn't Riley Reap probably best suited to be our swing tackle in case something yeah, were to happen? Yeah, he, he wa- great point, Greg. He wants to play left tackle. He said it very clearly. So in, in the advent that, that uh, the left tackle falls apart, which is possible, fifth-round draft. Or just drafting, a minor you know, injury or a bang-up. Guy has to come out for a series. Sure. I, I, I don't. Or the jumbo package. Yeah, I mean, I don't. You're anti-Iowa is what you are. Yeah, that, that is messed up yeah. over there. It's clearly, you've I, never been to Iowa City. Greatest uh, place on earth. Another question here. Uh, do you think Justin's biggest problem is not staying in the pocket? No. I think, that, I think that is among his top problems. Well, I think uh, we, it's because we, he has no trust in yeah. the interior of his offensive line. But that was a big discussion from his coaches in the past week. I think that that is a real thing. I think still the overall getting rid of the ball, I would rank getting rid of the ball quicker as a bigger problem than uh, the issue of sometimes skipping a read and getting out. I also think both, both are correctable with experience. And I really like what they're doing right now with him to get him in advantageous situations that fit his strengths. Because it's like what we're talking about while we watch the game. They keep highlighting this amazing throw to Tajay Sharp on the sidelines and how he, you know, calls the check at the line of scrimmage for the shift, the protection, makes the throw to Tajay Sharp. But as you can see, and other people have pointed out too, Darnell Mooney is streaking across the middle of the field wide open if the interior of that line can just hold up a little longer that time he stays in the pocket, but the pocket wasn't was collapsing very quickly yes. on him. You know, I it, to me the interior of the line has to give him the trust and the confidence. Then you'll start seeing him play better in the pocket. I think it's a double edged thing. Yeah, he holds responsibility to it, but the offensive line holds their end of the bargain too. This is a tough one for me, like to point out like what bugs me most about Fields because. It, uh, my initial answer is like, it's not a, it's not a fields thing. It's a get him some help in front of him and get him some weapons around him. And I think we're going to see a pretty damn good quarterback. But if I was to nitpick it a lot, of to me, sometimes 
he just looks flat-footed. And it, there's just there's whatever fundamental change that they've been working with him on, like to me that's the biggest thing, like just to, ha- to have his feet w- looking a little bit more like an elite quarterback would look. I, it's awful. I mean, that's what they, they, they're harping on footwork like crazy. They're, they're drilling it nonstop every day. So, well, I, and I think it's improved. But to your point, I still think there's there's definitely room for improvement. And part of that is just getting comfortable, getting experience, getting more reps, which is why I probably wouldn't leave 24 days in between games if he doesn't play next week in Cleveland. And the thing that was on display today outside of the pocket was the scramble drill. You know, they've talked about this a little bit in the offseason, trying to work on the scramble drill with the wide receivers. But then the offensive line, as he got out of the pocket, he was keeping his eyes downfield. And I thought it was he did a good job of that. And the offensive line, illegal man downfield. So that's another big aspect of this. You know, last year, Nagy wanted this guy to get hung out to dry inside the pocket. Now he's getting out, making plays. And they got to learn how to play with him while he's maneuvering around, you know, whether he's scrambling or if he's trying to go downfield with it. I'm just sitting here right now thinking, fingers crossed, maybe – just maybe they have a quarterback. I mean, I know if you if you were to pull if you were to pull Bears fans right now, if you had to bet your life on it, is Justin Fields going to make up? Uh, I don't know. Will he be here? I don't want to say one Pro Bowl because Mitchell Trubisky went to a Pro Bowl, so that's I'm not. Well, sure. I got I got your question because yeah. yeah. Lawrence has been trying to sell us on this for weeks now. Uh, his idea of are you just in or are you just out? Okay. Ah, yeah. I would ah. say to answer your question, the majority, great job, Lawrence, the majority would be just in. Yeah, I don't know how you couldn't be at this point. I mean, we've learned our lessons from Mitch. You know, we've had other quarterbacks fail me to under- for all the different reasons. But that's kind of what we learned, right, is it's not just the quarterback that's going to decide whether or not he is successful or a bust here. So, you know, um, yeah, Justin Fields has every bit of the talent. He's way more talented than Mitch ever was. I think IQ-wise, he's oh, got not, way more IQ than close. Mitch does. So, you know, in that regard, we just got to get an offensive line that he can trust. The wide receivers, obviously, Darnell Mooney is solid, and we got to see what the rest can do, and you can add to it after this season. But, yeah. If you're not still in on Justin Fields, you're just a curmudgeon, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, I love it. All right, what else we, what we got here? Come on. I, I saw Jake Flanagan uh, chime in. I, he's predicting a, uh, I mean, first a report here. Yeah. Our general manager, I saw Jake this Flanagan, too. says uh, extension by Tuesday for Roquan Smith. This is what? big. He says, one of my favorite sideline camera moments of the night was beloved head equipment manager Tony Medlin, shout out to the Airhorn Tony Medlin, in what appeared to be a deep and meaningful convo with Roquan Smith. I predict an extension by Tuesday. Flanagan's going Medlin yeah. Smith <laughs> sideline convo. It lock in the extension. I, I so I'm just you know Jake and I are just getting Is that the reachiest of all reaches. I mean, it, does 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 Jake drink during the games? So, I hope so. Uh, right. So, I mean that that could that would be sweet, but I don't know if 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 uh, that's the the accurate take here that Medlin and, <laughs> and Smith. Maybe I works. hope an extension comes on Tuesday. Maybe Roquan hired a, a Tony Medlin as his agent. I, I bet that's it. I'm glad you brought that up though. Hey, I, I, why I, not? I mean. 
He doesn't. He'd be better than the other agent he has. I've been kind of getting excited at the concept of them trading Roquan. To be honest. Oh boy. Yeah, that's a whole other. I I know. I know nobody. That was on Adam's notes early in the game with Jack Sanborn, the legend of Jack Sanborn, right of Wisconsin. It would just be. It would be a very bold, aggressive. Poles has a very clear idea of exactly what he wants to do with this football team. Move. That would not be popular, but I would give him, and, and maybe it would prove to be wrong, but I would give him credit if he really just like looks at, you know what we need? We need another wide receiver. You know what we need? We need another premier offensive lineman. You know what we need? We need another playmaker in addition to that. And you know what we need after that? We need someone who can get to the damn quarterback. So... Uh, yeah, I love you. And in, in a perfect world, if we if we had this amount of salary cap space and uh, I had room to sign you, I would. But since we have eight thousand needs, I'm not going uh, to be giving you a hundred million dollars. That sounds good, Karma. I just don't think you're going to get enough back in return right now but to make it work. But but it's the money that you're going to have. You're going to have you that have much the, money to put towards a player. Yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. I, 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 I've been clear on this. Like, I'm open to the idea of it. We talked about this on yesterday's show uh, with the whole Colin Coward stuff. I thought he made some valid points. I'm still, though, you know, I'm probably like 60 – I'm still 60% keep him. I, I just I – th- I think it's ignoring the importance of how important that player is in this defense. Bears fans should know that, having seen Lance Briggs in this defense and that importance – there's a big drop-off, as much as the Jack Sanborn thing is a bit, really. I do think he's a good football player who should be on the team. But, like, come on. There's, he's, there's the, a, he's the Hillemeyer, too. Yeah, Matt Adams, who got hurt tonight, by the way. We'll see how that impacts things. He's the one who's been filling in at the weak side linebacker spot. He right. got a shoulder injury tonight. Right. The, yep, we'll see right how bad shoulder. that is. a big is. hit, the first hit of the game. And, and some people have been asking us our, our thoughts on what they said in the broadcast, um, which – I mean, they talked for 15 minutes about Ryan Poles with Roquan Smith. Couldn't figure out who Ryan Poles was. But beyond that, they did talk about him. Um, and there was a little bit of a nugget in there from their conversation with them that I think they said at one point in that broadcast that there's some progress, that he feels like there's progress. So I still think he's going to be resigned. I really do. I still, I still think that's what's going to happen. If I had a bet on it, I think they, I think they will sign him. Uh, and I don't, and I wouldn't hate it, obviously, if they signed him. But th- there is part of me that's like, wow, if you went that bold, it would it it would be very interesting. Like to your point, I love Ryan Poles. If he, if you went that route, would you still love Ryan Poles? Well, Ryan give Ryan Poles more ammunition in the draft. I like what I'm seeing so far, so I can be convinced of that. But you know, also as the the Bears, you know, Super Bear, Super Bowl fan. You know, I if they don't have Roquan this year, every game is going to be tough to every game is going to be tough to win. So I would prefer them to just, you know, come to a come to the middle, re-sign them. Then this team has a chance to compete in every game, not necessarily win every game, but compete in every game because it's a trickle down effect. If they don't have Roquan, they're giving up points like a sieve, you know, in, in a lot of ways then the offense can't function because they're always playing catch up and i that that's not great for trying to for a building year so um you know like i said i'm fine either. i'm i'm trusting polls he can do what he wants and i'm going to ride with him I'm not going to criticize him 
at this point. But, um, yeah, I agree with you guys. I think that they're going to come to the middle. You know, Roquan, I think, was just a little emotionally invested in everything, representing himself and seeing the fine language and in, in what the contracts are putting at him. But let's hope that they can meet in the middle before the season starts because they need him week one. So we got a super chat here. Uh, actually, there's another one coming in. We also have a Nick Nicholas Moriano uh, presence. Is you ready? Like, yeah. Do you want to hit an ad break first, and then we'll get to Nick, and then we'll save that super chat for on the backside? Uh, I don't know that I have an ad break. No Should ad be- breaks? We're done with ad breaks? Well, we did points bet once. Yeah. Should we give them some more love? I mean, we should give someone some love. Okay. Uh, well, we've been telling you about uh, the Sox thing that's going on this Sunday, August 21st. Sox take on the Guardians. Points bet and CHGO have an offer for you to guard your cash. When you sign up for points bet, use the code CHGO. Make a $51 bet either pregame or live to get $2,000 in risk-free bets a CHGO yearly membership, a Cy Cease sock shirt, an exclusive CHGO sock script shirt only available with this offer, and a pair of slides from the CHGO locker. All you need to do is sign up on the PointsBet app using code CHGO. The best deal in town just got better. So Nick is ready now. I need some answers, so let's do that. We also got to empty uh, Carm's yellow pad, which I'm very excited for. Um, but first, let's go out to Seattle Lumen Field, where Nicholas Moriano is standing by with the locker room reaction. What's going on, Nick? What's going on, you guys? I'm curious about Carm's uh, notebook there, too. I saw that on social media, so I'm looking forward to listening to that later in the podcast. I'm, I'm excited, but I'm more excited to talk to you, Nick. We were uh, we, The first thing we need answers for is why the hell Matt Eberflus didn't challenge that play. All right, yes, I got some answers for you. So, essentially... They had some mixed mixed reactions from the coaching staff that was on the field, and they only got one good look at the play. And Iberflus said, had this been a, a you know a regular season game, and he said maybe they would have challenged, which I thought was interesting. He put the maybe in there because clearly it was a catch. And so that that's basically what it was. The coaches on the field thought the ball had hit the ground. They only had one good look at it, so they didn't uh, obviously challenge the play and. That's why they, they went with that decision. Can I just clarify, when you say they had one good look at it, are you saying the coaches on the field or the people upstairs looking at it? The people upstairs looking at it. Only had one good look, and, you know, Iberflus said maybe if they had another one, maybe they would have challenged it. Yeah, well, I'm assuming it was the same good look everybody else had, which showed it was clearly a catch. Did you tell them that was unacceptable? Yeah, exactly. Nick, did you say, what in the world are you talking about, and how do you not have somebody who can look, look at a, a replay? It was a game. You had all the time. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, guys, live, it looked, I mean, that play looked like it was bound to fail from right from the very beginning with Trevor Simeon getting the snap high and throwing the ball and somehow getting it to Isaiah Coulter. But after you slow it down or even look at it, yeah, it's a catch. So... A rookie mistake by Matt Eberflus. Yeah. He challenged his first one in, against the Chiefs, was able to win that challenge, and didn't throw the challenge flag this time. All right. Uh, Not all right. That's brutal. Uh, hey, yeah, it's all right as long as, as long as he learns from it. I, that's, I, that sounds like a coach doesn't want to throw somebody under the bus upstairs. Okay, fine. That's what it sounds like to me. Oh, okay, fine. He's waiting for the call from upstairs. I think it's a learning moment for him, too, though. Sometimes I think coaches need to have the instinct to to call. Now, I will say this. On the field, I don't think it was that obvious. 
He did not have his player, as I talked about earlier. Isaiah Coulter was not screaming, hey, I caught that, I caught that. Coulter should have sold it better. So I mm-hmm. that's one where you got to trust the guy upstairs. It obviously did not come in right. Uh, they got to fix it. All right, as long as they get it fixed by the regular season. What did he think about Tevin Jenkins' debut at right guard? Yeah, he said he kind of put it uh, as a collective, as a group for the O-line. Thought the group was solid. Felt really good about the operation that they had. Still needs to go back and watch the tape is what Maddie Rufloos kind of pointed out when specifically being asked about Tevin Jenkins. But he thought the group was solid, even though it kind of looked otherwise at that first drive, you guys. Justin Fields kind of running for his life, but he said it looked solid. I got to be honest. I think you go back and watch that. First, uh, I think it was Warren Sharp tweeted, like, every cut from that first drive. There was really only one play where I saw an offensive lineman, like, totally whiff. Yeah, he was getting eaten up for that one. That was, was he? Was he? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, the first clip he showed was a screen pass. Yeah. So they were letting the guy come mm-hmm. out and throw the screen. So, yeah. There was another one that was a rollout. There was another one that I thought um, there, it, there was pressure, but I didn't think Justin – I thought Justin could have gotten out to his right, and he didn't. Um, and then there was one where Tevin – which is the one I mentioned earlier, where I thought Tevin Jenkins legitimately gave up too much, got pushed back too far back in pass protection, and that wasn't completely clean. But otherwise, I didn't think that all. I didn't think that that showed the offensive line was that bad. I thought they had a good night over, overall. Boom. I mean, end end of the day, like okay, y'all are y'all are. I thought the whole offense in general was headed in the right direction. What did he did he did he bottom line it like that at any point, Nick? Did anyone bottom line it like that? He said the operation, you guys, the operation was good. And that's something that Irifu's been saying probably, especially in week one against the Chiefs. But he said the operation was good, um, especially with, you know, Luke Getze being calm, um, you know, calm communications, what he said a couple of times. So that played into the offense actually having success and putting up some points against the Seattle Seahawks tonight. What stood out? I'm assuming you went both presser and the locker room, so I don't know if you were there for Fields, but did anything stand out from what he said? <laughs> uh, it was interesting with Fields. He was very uh, short-answered when, you know, we kind of asked him about, like, what went well. He said, oh, we converted on third down, felt like it was better. Um, I asked him, did he have a sense of comfortability with Tevin Jenkins at right guard? He said, yeah. And that's, that's kind of, yeah, how Fields was tonight, which is a little interesting. He's been kind of the short answers lately. Yeah, he hasn't been very but, uh, entertaining at the mic. No, he hasn't. He did kind of, I guess the one answer they kind of went in depth was, was the, um, the naked bootleg to Cole Komet. He said that was his second read on, that naked, on the naked bootleg. And he just said that Cole Komet's a good tight end, can block and get out in space and make catches, and he's glad to have him back for this game. But... Guys, honestly, that was the most in-depth that Fields went into any answer tonight. Did you get any sense at all, I'm assuming no, but about what uh, Matt Eberflus might be doing against the Browns next week? Like, Does he yeah, feel he like asked- he's comfortable enough with this offense at this point, or does he still have to play him? So he was asked um, if Justin Fields would play against the Browns, and – they, they'll just have to look at that, is how what Iberflus was saying. They'll get together with the coordinators uh, either tomorrow or on Saturday and kind of evaluate what the plan is moving forward. But that's still up in the air at this point, and they'll kind of look into it. Fair enough. That's another answer that I didn't like. All right, great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't blame them for not 
announcing that today. Why? Why? What, I, don't, 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 don't. Please don't give them passes on that stuff. You're not giving away anything if you tell people, yeah, we're going to use Fields in the Cleveland Browns uh, last preseason game. Well, they may, they may have not decided that yet. How have you not decided that yet? I don't know. Nick, <laughs> I love you. What, what did you, uh, what happened in the locker room? Anything? Yes. So I went to go talk to Larry Borum just to kind of see, you know, again, how that offense uh, gelled in that in that first drive, especially with Justin Fields out there. Larry said, you know, everything went well. He's like, it was nice being next to my boy, Tevin Jenkins, at the right guard position. Wow, and boy. a lot of, yeah, it's his boy. Um, and we t- I asked him about, like, the screen passes that were in the game because the Bears, you know, were using that frequently, whether it was the first unit, second unit. And Larry Boren was just kind of saying communication is huge on those things and timing and knowing where your target's at. But that's kind of what Larry Boren was saying on the offensive side, that it was good playing next to Tevin Jang. He's a really good football player, physical. And, again, it's his boy. But I also went on the other side of the ball and talked to Dominique Robinson a little bit to see how he felt being in his second game action. And he said the speed of the game slowed down for him a little bit. He said that basically in this game, his goal was to not get any lows because in the first game against the Chiefs, he had five of them. And so, like he said, his main goal is to not be on that board, you know, come the day after the game. So he's really working on hustling to the football and making sure that he's not disrespecting his coaches because that's what he said it was like. If you get a loaf, it's like you're, you're disrespecting the coaches and what they're trying to preach every day in practice. So that was Dominique Robinson's main goal in this one to not get any loafs. Uh, Nicholas, what with Khalil Herbert, you know, these first two games, we haven't seen David Montgomery. First game he had the drops, you know, and now in this game, I, I didn't see him drop the ball, but what, what have your impressions been of Khalil Herbert? I know he really hasn't seen too much action, but, you know, a guy that I've been very high on, but maybe not necessarily the best preseason to start out for this year. Yeah, I thought this one, obviously, he did better in catching the football. I know he had, like, a sliding catch earlier on in the game, but I, I think there was a, a one of the the pass pro attempts where he, I think he messed up on a block or he, he didn't he didn't hold or sustain the block long enough in, in pass pro. So that's, that's an area in his game that he still needs to continue working on, but I think the Bears feel comfortable with Khalil Herbert. But those two areas, like you were mentioning, is, like, being able to be a reliable pass catcher, and you got to be able to block in this offense if you're going to be an every-down running back. Obviously, David Montgomery's here, but you need to show that in these preseason games. Yeah, because it surprises me. I felt like he'd be a good fit for this offense with the outside zone. I like the way he has patience behind the line and hits the hole, but we just haven't seen it yet. But, you know, it's still early. Nick, uh, anything else we should know from the locker room or any other headlines from Eberflus? Yeah, I asked uh, Matt because Kyler Gordon played exclusively at the nickel position, you guys. There wasn't one snap where he actually played on the outside. And I asked Eberflus, is that the plan moving forward, even in the game against Cleveland? And Eberflus said they really like Kyler Gordon in, at the, the nickel spot, but they also really like him on the outside and that we're going to work him in over on the outside at some point. So um maybe look look to see if that happens against the, the Cleveland Browns uh neck for the preseason week three but he did exclusively play in the nickel spot and the Bears are trying to work him out at the outside at some point did you connect with Gordon and or the Gordon family after the I game I did 
Oh, no, I did not after the game, unfortunately. I, there, Kyler Gordon did stay afterwards, though, and was signing a whole bunch of autographs for a bunch of fans just while we were waiting to get into the locker room. Kyler Gordon took his sweet time. It was signing autographs and, you know, just, you know, giving the hometown uh, what they kind of wanted. But I did not get a chance to um, maybe even give, uh, you know, Gordon's mom a hug like like you probably would have wanted to, uh, Carm. What about Cole Komet? Did you have a chance to talk to him in the locker room? I did not, unfortunately. Nope. No Cole Komet. There's, yeah, there was like, I guess it's a little easier to navigate the Seahawks locker room than it is the Bears because I felt like in the Bears locker room, players can just hide. And like this one's a little bit more open, but I didn't get a chance to, to talk to Komet today. That is true. That is true. Yes. All right. Uh, Nick, appreciate it. Great work out there in Seattle. Safe trip home. And, um, yeah, watch good, out for those flying fish. Good yeah. stuff, Nick. We love you, brother. <laughs> All right, you guys. Appreciate you guys. See ya. All right, follow me on Twitter at Nicholas Moriano. Some really good stuff from the post game. Uh, that was interesting about Kyler Gordon. That was trying to work him. Yeah, outside too. Um, nugget. One quick nugget on the lack of a challenge, and I kind of thought this was the case. I meant to look it up myself. So shout out to Alex Shapiro, my old colleague at NBC Sports Chicago. He said he looked up the rules, and the Bears forfeited their chance to challenge after the delay of game. So after that delay of game penalty, they couldn't challenge, which I kind of was thinking that. And he includes the quote from the rule book: "A team that commits a foul that prevents the next snap can no longer challenge the previous play. The non-fouling team can still challenge the previous play, and both teams can benefit from the review." So after the delay of game, the Seahawks could still challenge something, but not the Bears. Good work, so. Alex Shapiro, and the Bears just botched that one. Yeah, yeah, the, the that, Bears just botched that. That, one. that that I. All Eberflus had to say for me on that was like, we messed that one up. That should have been a challenge, and we'll correct that going forward. But that's not what he said. He kind of gave mumbo-jumbo and said maybe that we'll, they would do that in the future. Dude, you got that one wrong. It's okay. You can own it. You're not perfect. That's just, 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 I, I don't, I, it's, that's not that hard to do. Yeah. All right. Uh, we should empty your uh, notepad. Then I know we got some super chats we got to f- finish with. All right. So this is going through the game here. First uh, start of the game, Hoagie. We we uh, with the first the, the screen to Cole Komet, Adam Hogue, uh, yelling out. That's a Paul Chris play right right to Wisconsin. We go. Hey, the, the old tight end screen. The old the old tight end screen. The Owen Daniels, the sixth year head coach of uh, the Badgers. Torch Iowa with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I had the Matt Adams shoulder injury was written down there. Um, Okay, second page. Uh, Sanborn makes a play. Hogue's, Hogue just jumping in. Let's let's trade Roquan, which uh, obviously he was kidding. Uh, I also wrote down the Kyler Gordon near sack, so I was very excited about Gordon nearly getting a sack. I almost was there, but that one didn't happen. Uh, page three here, another Hogue moment. Ooh, right hash. This was after the Bears oh, got. Yeah. This was after the Bears got in the end zone for the first time, and so we're kicking the extra point. Hogue, super excited. Special teams coach Carmel High School. He kicked the right hash. PAT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, lined it up from the right hash. Why after, not try it after the Simeon to uh, Jake Tongas uh, touchdown? Uh, four four touchdowns receiving at Cal and then getting into the end zone for the Bears tonight. And you loved. The right hash. The right so hash. So there's that P-A-T. one. And uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, here we go. Um, this was interesting. In the middle of the Bears game, as uh, Tr- uh, Tristan Ebner was hobbling off getting injured, uh, your sister called. and, and, and Oh, we got to talk about this. Uh, yeah, yeah. We actually have to talk about this. I need, I need, I need uh, everybody's opinions on this, okay? But my sister lives 
now she lives she was up in Minnesota. She lives basically at the border on the Wisconsin side. Uh Wisconsin Minnesota border. Okay? But grew up a Bears fan. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Also has a pretty good idea what I do for a living and Love have her. done for a living for a long time. This is my sister. Calls me during the Bears game for my Disney Plus password. I mean, well, is this is she, this acceptable or not? That seems text worthy. Well, first of all, that was one of the things I was like, yeah, that's a text. That's not a phone call. I don't know. She's she's got kids. Um, or yes. Well, and she said your nephew and niece really needed a watch. Ah. Hang on, maybe the show matters in this Bluey. case. Was it Bluey? New season of Bluey's out. Blue, yeah, I, I don't. You know, did, did she, the, she, the Mighty Duck series might be acceptable. Did, did she size it up and say they're, it's, they're playing the Seahawks? It's preseason game number two. Settle down, because that's what I would have said if I yes, was. Yes, that's I mean, what I would have also. No said. No excuses. Like, play like a champion here. Uh, they needed to watch Raya and the Last Dragon. Well, hey, if it you was know, for it's, She-Hulk it's movie night. That, I mean, come yeah, on. I don't that, know. Raya's oh, been out a while. They had their chance to watch it. Okay. But one, you are a Bears fan. You should at least know the Bears are playing, whether you choose to watch the game or not, because it's preseason. So you, okay, and then second, you're you are Adam Hogue's sister. So you, you know that Disney Plus password not the top of my priorities. I, right I gotta now. think that she thinks you're her brother as well. Oh, that's fair, and that yeah. is accurate. By the way, I am Kalen Hogue's brother. If she had said not the other way around, if she, if she had said to you, "Hey, really sorry to bother you, but would that have made a difference?" I immediately go, do you know the Bears are playing right now? Yeah. And she goes, right, which no. is why I wrote it yeah, down. You actually gave her a, a foul, a personal foul for it. I heard that. Oh, I texted the, yeah. our family group and fired yeah. her as my sister. Well, I gave her the Michael Scott, you're fired emoji. Apparently also just. <laughs> or a, a gif, I mean. I'd also like to say I'm with your sister because I called you during shows this week. So You uh, did. You did, and we oh, called you out for that. right. Yeah, well, he was supposed to buy us yeah. dinner. He called in the middle of our show on Thursday. Yeah, but sometimes the show's at noon, sometimes it's at 2. You can't really blame me. Uh, there, there goes that this one. This show gets 1,000 <laughs> likes. We'll give out Adam Hogue's number, and then you can all call him during the game. Yeah, by the way, like no we've way. got... Over a thousand people watching, and I've only seen like 150 likes. And the like, smash the like, like it. If you're watching, like, like it. it hit God. the likes. Just, I just still thumb. don't know what they do, it's but people thumb. smarter than we me need, know. It's, it's good for our channel. We need those likes. Thank you. Then we need it. Then hit the like button. I, I got a lot of hog up my notes at Bregs. I apologize. Next time I'm oh. going to focus in on you, but I've got the Elijah Hicks made a play on this page, and Hogue's jumping up saying, I told you. It was <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can I explain that one? You sure, go the ahead. punt before that, he was the personal protector. I noticed him get out, and I said he should be the first guy down there. He wasn't. And then the next time down there, he was right there to pounce on the uh, – fumble that turned in the muff punt that turned in a touchdown that was also roughly the same time when they were showing pete carroll right after the bears got in the end zone and they're oh it cut it, 23 nothing bears they cut to pete carroll like he's supposed to be discussed it's the preseason well i think they were like you were the you were the reason why we got rid of uh russell they, wilson thank you very okay, much late at night sorry they cut to him like it was mark tressman in green bay when the bears were losing 45 <laughs> nothing like it was like come on like, what do you expect? That, and Pete just walking off like, I don't know. It's preseason. Who that, cares? That, that was on the Darrington Evans touchdown right to Pete Carroll and went. Uh, I got a big Peterman note here. Peterman missed snap. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, connect, uh, uh, which I guess then connected. I somehow wrote, toggle, toggle dropped the snap. It, it was uh, a bad handoff. Uh, 
Okay. Next play. Okay. And then <laughs> I, I've got uh, Peterman with a Daz catcher. A whole lot of Peterman on this page. Man. Um, Guy loves himself some Peterman. Uh, yes. And uh, Okay. So Careful. Like, you no, like, if you keep hyping up Peterman. No, no, that Peter, one for a keepsake. We're going we're gonna to frame that. This, this page I got. Uh, we haven't mentioned this. Justin Fields and Bayless Jones spent a lot of time on the sideline tonight. They were they were budding up. I liked it. Fields and Bayless. That, that's very cool. Pre-game, you said they hated each other. I know. So, so but so. I, no, I didn't say they hated. I just said that the, the, that Fields wasn't rushing to say like Bayless is Giving the next him thing. Flowers you, right away. Right, right. He they had to earn it, and so now that now I'm seeing them to hanging out. I think that Bayless has earned some respect from Fields, like it. Uh, and then we saw the happy flu super uh, smiley in his interview. That was adorable. Um, and my last couple pages here. Um, I got Hogan Braggs. I can't read my writing. Take horse. I don't know what that means. So, and then I've got Laura Rutledge uh, written down here because I just wanted to mention that uh, she had a rough night. Uh, (laughs) So that's, that's in here. And then on my last page, uh, it does say, and I circled it, the the game never ends because that game really never did. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So that's, that's of that game. That is the yellow page for tonight. Ether. Yeah. Uh, there's Carm's yellow pad. We love it. Thank and, you very much. And uh, it is an entertaining yeah, part of this post game. I had the. You guys were making fun of my notebook. That is a third. <laughs> give it to Hogue. Because we got the little zoom in on this. Is this did did, did, oh, yeah, you, did you use that in third grade? <laughs> Seriously. Got the old, uh, this is like a third <laughs> my grade. My wife has no, but she's a nurse practitioner. Wide ruled. Who goes wide ruled? With this, with this, with technically your yellow pad is too, but spiral, it's a spiral. The spiral notebook. The spiral notebook. Yeah. Dude's going to school in five yeah, days. We're gonna find some. We got some spelling tests on the first. This is <laughs> good. What I'm saying. This is good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this looks like. Uh, well, I did it in honor. I took it from her because it reminded me of the Water Boy, where they have the secret playbook that the coach steals uh, from the other coach. I was like, this is Water Boy esque. So I brought the green notebook, the secret playbook. Uh, now, nah, see, some You're people. Welcome. I gotta say, the commenters seem to be on Kalen Hogue's side here. Oh, this of course well, very yeah, much. So, yeah, I was gonna go. You with the were Ray and the Dragon, greater than Bears preseason. You were a straight jerk. Do you know the Bears are playing, sister? <laughs> what your kids want to watch a movie on Disney? I'm I'm working. You the, family first, buddy. Yeah. Well, that's not a question. It was I understand. It was textable. Textable. She, come on. I, I agree. It was textable. It was textable. Definitely textable. All right. She wanted to hear your voice, buddy. She loves you. Let's knock out these super chats and get the <laughs> hell out of here. Oh, yeah, we have some super chats. Uh, let's start with Justin Lee. Thank you for the nine ninety nine super chat. Says, Appreciate it. Justin Fields and Jack Sanborn to Canton and beyond. I Bear mean, down. That just seems like it's accurate. Yeah. Thank Especially you. the second name. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> uh, All day 97 threw us 499. He asked, is Cole Komet going to have a breakout season thus far? He's been a disappointment. Ooh, I don't know about thus far being a disappointment there. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Cole's been flashing, showing potential. Well, I think, I, yeah. Still a prove-it year, though. I think what you're seeing is maybe an offense that will utilize him a little bit better. I, I think breakout year is, is, is a fair prediction. That he Exactly to both y'all's point, that they're, they're going to use him a lot more. Yeah. And he looks ready for it. So I, I think considering where he was, this, the, he better have a breakout year. Yeah, we've talked a lot about Cole Komet uh, this offseason. Uh, isn't it Will who, like, hates Cole Komet? He, he's all Jesper Horstead-y. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> Jesper's off to – He just loves Jesper. He'll come around. I don't yeah. think he hates Jesper's Cole. off to Vegas. Get over it. Um, I'm, I, I think Cole Komet's going to – I'm not – I like I've always said, 
Kyle Rudolph's been my comp. Like, I'm not even asking for him to be Travis Kelsey. I don't think that's fair to him. He's a second-round pick. But I think he's going to be pretty damn good for who's, the Bears. Who's the Baltimore tight end that I'm forgetting right now? Uh, Mark Andrews. Another one of the top He ain't going to be Mark league. Andrews either. That Will, dude is a Will's force. in the chat saying he doesn't hate Komet. Don't say that. Okay, I apologize, Will. It was a little bit of hype. Hate's a strong term, yeah. I know. I know. Uh, but he does love Jesper Horstead, though. I say he's not here. We can really make up whatever we want. But he is here, apparently. <laughs> he's in the chat. <laughs> Will, I hope you hit that like button. Uh, Steven did uh, throw two bucks your way to ask if uh, Adam accepts invitations for an interview. I don't know if, how you want to answer that one. I accept invitations, yes. I try really <laughs> hard to find time to do it this time of year. Off-season's way better. Answering the question, honestly, I will accept invitations, but uh, – off seasons way better. Uh, I pay you to interview me, so you can hit me <laughs> at, at, at the car. But yes, we could. I we could figure out some time. Uh, Let's end it here with Gary Ross. He says, "Who's going to be a surprise cut?" We'll just throw you guys on the bus. A surprise cut. Uh, that is a good question. Hold on, Braggs, you want to jump in? Because I want to think about this deeply. Check those notebooks. Yeah. Okay. Not Justin Fields. Not Cairo Santos. I'm trying to go down the roster here. Um, Khalil Herbert? Anybody? Boy, I, 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 highly, I, highly, doubt I, I highly doubt that. But no way. Th- that no would way. be a surprise. I, it no. would. It would count as a very surprise. No I don't think he's been that riot. bad. I, I will riot. I don't think he's two preseason. I will riot. Braggs is riot. Start breaking everything. How about on defense? Give me a surprise cut. How about one of the cornerbacks, Duke Shelley? Well, that's what I was Uh, wondering. Where was Vildor? Is he hurt? He he was hurt. He was hurt. I thought he was back at practice this week though, and he didn't play. play. So, um, I don't think Vildor will be one. Duke Shelley, if that counts as a surprise, I mean, he's out there playing the last. He's still playing when Pete Carroll's calling timeouts with 20 seconds left. That's probably what, not a what good What about sign. Michael Schofield? There, there, I, I highly what doubt Tavon Young? Yeah. A surprise cut? Well, they don't save anything if they cut Riley Reef, which they wouldn't, right? They're not going to cut him, but they don't save anything if they do, correct? Uh, I mean, he doesn't hit all those incentives, but I still think that's like a $3 million cut or something. If they, I have to look more at the contract. If they end up starting Jenkins and, and they like – Tyree Carter more. Schofield could be in trouble. Yeah, but who's your backup guard then? Uh, Carter. Yeah, but I think you can get Carter to your practice squad. Okay. And then at yeah, this that's, point, that's, that's true. Yeah. At this point, is Coulter moving ahead of Daz Newsome? Not saying Daz would be like some big surprise cut, but after his touchdown, almost two touchdowns last week, seemed like he was starting to shimmy his way into the wide receiver. Room. Another up and down game, just like the first one. Right. He had a drop tonight. I don't put yeah. the muff on him because his teammate ran into him, but he had a drop and then another nice catch, kind of like last week. Yeah. To me, that's not enough. Inc- that's not enough consistency for the position he's in. Oh, he could get cut. And he was. Oh, a I, I think last so. Year. And 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 Good Jake job. Johnson, you're Nathan Peterman. That dude ain't that. That's a, that's a that's a three year contract at this point. Peterman, third string. Let's go. What home. are you talking about? That could definitely be a cut. I'd prefer uh, Jay Peterman myself. Peterman will be laboring yeah, you, for me. You cannot cut weeks. Peterman at this point. Why not? <laughs> you don't need three quarterbacks. I've, Most teams don't no, carry don't, three. Yeah, no, Peterman's dead. But I, but I've enjoyed Peterman just for the fact that I get get out to say Peterman. Yeah. And, and t- on tonight's show, we cannot cut Peterman. <laughs> 
The, or you will write. I, 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 yeah. The, but good question. It'll be interesting. Always is. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, all right. That's do all it, I yeah. got right now. Appreciate everybody tuning in. It's been a fun show. We had a huge audience. Appreciate it. Um, great job, buddy. It's it's up, man. Man. It's a lot great. of fun. Much love. It's great. Um, we'll be back Monday. No show tomorrow because technically it's Friday right now. We crossed over into Friday. Counts. And, uh, yeah, count it. No, we already weren't planning one. So, we'll, uh, <laughs> practices, though, back at House Hall Saturday. I don't know why. Sa- Do you know why Saturday's practice got moved? Is it later in the day? Yeah. No. I, I think don't. it's just because they're coming back from the West Coast and I realized it. I'll be at a lake house. So, you guys have fun with that. I think I will be, too. Not at House <laughs> Hall. Nick will be there. He's got to come back from Seattle, too. All right. Um, but we will be back Monday to wrap up everything from the weekend. And. Bears are switching to more of like a game week routine coming up this week. Tuesday, yep. Wednesday, Thursday practices. We'll be back with pre and post game. Uh, actually, I don't know if we have pre next week. Regardless, we got you covered for the Browns game, one or the other, a week from now. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at the Carm here, at G Braggs Jr. 23. We'll empty out that uh, third grade notebook for you on Twitter. He's the king of Bears Twitter. We established that. <laughs> and uh, our accounts as well, at CHGO underscore sports underscore Bears. Hit the like button if you haven't already, please. We'll talk to you Monday. Have a good weekend.